As May said, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I be the cat if it's hard to me. Hey. From girls that used to hardly speak. Hey. <laughs> hey, man, welcome to another episode. Spit Talk with your boy JPP. <laughs> we out here. What's going on with y'all? Uh, welcome back another day. Um, so say it's been a little bit, probably like another little week or two uh, since we've been on. But like we said, you know, we get to you when we get to you. Definitely a shout out to everybody that's always listening. I know a couple yeah. people that still always hit me up waiting to hear episodes and shit like that we definitely appreciate y'all's support for sure keep it moving keep it grinding hey no season coming baby yeah we coming around the corner it's funny because this is that that time of the year where it's kind of like dead and I was saying that was funny because I've been rapping with cats just about sports in general and I'm like in the month of July until like the end of August like you talking about sitting here like it's baseball highlights we luckily get some CFL football, but nobody really watches that shit. Right. Um, and then it's just like preseason highlights. So it's like, I, I can imagine all the, Tim Tebow caught two touchdowns today in seven on seven. And it's like, bro, nobody gives a fuck. God damn, he stay coming at that man. Fuck that man. He stay coming at that man. <laughs> He's a great human being. As a football he, player, he can eat a dick. <laughs> Come on, man. One of the best college football players of all time. Man, he's a, we're talking about the NFL. All right. All right. Fuck him. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just getting into today's show, we're saying, you know, just kind of catching up on a little bit. Um, you know, a nice little recap from the ECF, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you know, starting with them, of course, the Western Conference Finals, uh, you know, definitely was the Phoenix Suns and the Clips. Uh, we're going to tap into the East first. That was the Milwaukee. Lemon, pepper, and the Hawks. Um, let's say, for those of you that know, of course, by this time, uh, Milwaukee <laughs> won 4-2 over the Hawks. So, you know, everybody was kind of shocked, including me. Uh, by far, this should not have been there. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. The Hawks got there. Um, not everyone was surprised about the Hawks. Cut the shit. Uh, Someone said this very early in the podcast. He never said they were going to the East. I just said they were going to be a good team and the team to look that, that part I do know. Okay, um, thank you very much. But looking back on uh, it, um, the the series actually was decent at times. Yeah. I felt like me personally, of course, that's me being biased. I yeah. felt like with Milwaukee being a far more better team, I figured Milwaukee would have probably won that series four one. Um, of course, there was the freak injury to Giannis's knee, but just at different times, like you know, Atlanta kind of really showed that they just weren't scared of Milwaukee. At times, Milwaukee kind of thought that they were the superior team, so they just expected Atlanta to kind of cower down and bend over and take it in the ass. Um, and kudos to Atlanta because a lot of it also Nate McMillan, like who showed you what kind of coach he is. I mean, like he really put those guys in a solid position. They have an opportunity to go to the NBA Finals, even when uh, Trey Young got hurt. And I mean, shit, they almost look like a completely different team, you know, when Trigger Trey got hurt. And then, uh, you know, before you know it, Drew Holiday um, kind of took over the series. And, that, and it's funny because it's amazing that when someone gets hurt, usually your star, how quickly they're like, are they a better team without? And I'm like, no, <laughs> not not at all. Now, how they play the game changed. And I oh, think a lot of... Well, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of well, a lot of people don't really pay attention because it's like, okay, the game, how they play has changed because yeah. that player is gone. So now they have to move the ball. Now they actually have to play basketball as opposed to, you know, your best player at the top of the key doing what he does. You know, with Giannis who kills him on the block or, 
you know, his bag is a little average, you know, as far as moves getting to the cup, but he gets to the cup. So now you eliminate that aspect of the game. Now you got to coach a little bit. Now you got to find different ways to move the ball around, and other guys have to step up and make plays. Because, um, you know, for a stretch, they were trying to say, well, maybe Chris Middleton is the Batman as opposed to Giannis. And I was like, I think y'all reaching a little bit. Like, Chris Middleton has shown you he's a good basketball player. He's an all-star. He's giving you Shine, some, some games. But I'm, I'm like, Shay Shay said that. Yeah, but I'm like, to call the nigga Batman off of a game? Like, come on now. Like, <laughs> it's still Chris Middleton. But, um... I'm not surprised Milwaukee won. Um, you know, this was this was probably their best chance to probably get a ring. You know, as everybody kind of starts to get healthy again next season, because I really don't feel like I think it would be the healthy Brooklyn team. Um, but this is the time to go out and get it. Um, you know, kudos to Milwaukee. I thought for a stretch, you know, McMillan was going to outcoach Budenholzer, but then finally, once Giannis went down, Budenholzer made some adjustments um, and basically kind of unleashed Holiday. I think that was kind of the difference. Like, Holiday kind of took on more of a, a more aggressive approach offensively, attacked the paint a lot. They moved the ball around um, a lot more efficient. And somewhere around the line, Brooke Lopez decided, I'm going to go ahead and bang on this block. Fuck shooting these threes. And I mean, shit, the one game he gave him, what, 33 and 7? Yeah. The nigga was out there, bitch, catching hoops. Yeah. Nigga looked like Dwayne Howard off this bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, I feel what you're saying, but at the same time, you know me. I asked you on the text message, are they better without Giannis? It seemed like they moved the ball better. Uh, uh, OG Bobby Porters. OG Bobby Porters. This nigga. OG Bobby Porters. Bobby break one nigga jaw. Everybody out here. Fuck Bobby Porters. Bobby Porters came out, balled a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 you know, um, Holiday stepped up. It was more like they just moved the ball better without Giannis. It wasn't oh, yeah. just a give it to him like you said and just watch him make a move and then try to get a rebound and that and that, that probably why I was Lopez freed up a little bit more because the ball was moving and people had to step out and you know the lane wasn't clogged and right. all that type of different shit so I mean he learned from his brother that, that massive uh, hook shot oh, that, that, that curled up hook Hey, hey, rival hookshot is nasty. (laughs) And I think a lot of it also is, like, you know, people who really kind of pay attention to the nuances of sports. Like, you don't necessarily know how to scheme for something that you're so used to seeing all the time. And everybody, you know, if you go back and look at the film of, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks during the season, I think Giannis might have missed one or two games. So you're kind of, you spent your time preparing to see Milwaukee play this way, and now you eliminate that, and you're kind of like, well, shit. You know, what What do we expect them to do now? So now you're trying to figure that out. And that's where I was just like, sometimes, you know, now, as I say with Milwaukee, you let your stars, you let your best players make the plays. Yeah. And, you know, Holiday and Middleton were making the plays. Now, right. aside from, like, the game five where they kind of just, you know, didn't get it done. But, I mean, like, they were able to penetrate, kick, you know, make the additional pass or, you know, break down the defense enough that there's a Lopez that comes back door for a lob. Right. Like, now you have to coach a little bit and kind of keep moving guys to see what rotations fit. And, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of worked out for them. Um, yeah. To the point where now the floor is wide open because you know, well for Giannis, if he's at the three point line, you know you're basically telling your guy on defense like, yo, sink in, like he's gonna have to hit four or five of these bitches right. before I go out and contest. Like I'm not even about to waste my time. But now you know you kind of put somebody out there you don't necessarily know. You know, well shit, if I don't get out here, he might hit three of them. You know, that's that's a swing. You yeah. know, from difference from being down three to being down nine. So you know that's that's where it comes into coaches. You know, X's and O's and execution. So. Um, but I do feel that without Giannis, Phoenix will definitely win this series. I want to say, I don't want to say easily because it's the NBA. 
But Phoenix will run away with this series, in my opinion, because um, Phoenix is healthy. They're rested. They may come out a little rusty, you know, because they had a couple extra days off, you know, when they see them in the finals. Because um, I've kind of always been a firm believer. Sometimes it's like when you hot, you hot. Like you want to just yeah. kind of keep it going. Just keep rolling. And I think that's what's going to kind of help Milwaukee a little bit just to kind of go in. And it's like, hey, if Giannis doesn't play. We know what we're capable of. We still got Holiday. We still got Middleton. We still got some shooters around here. Mm-hmm. We just need to do what we do. We play defense. We need to move the ball. And when we get our shots, we just need to make them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they say NBA is a maker of this league. Um, and I just felt like when it boiled down to it in that last game, um, Milwaukee made the shots. You know, I felt like Trey Young probably should have not played. I felt like he hurt Atlanta more than he helped Atlanta. Or, you know, as a coach, you know, with Nate, where you might say, you know what, you're not really yourself. I'm going to pull you off the bench. You're going to be in like a second rotation type thing. If you get a feel for the game and you're kind of starting to click a little bit, then fine, I can steadily increase your minutes. Right. To watch him struggle like that, and you're just like, bro, you're hurting your team with, with yeah. your shots. You know, and now Milwaukee's kind of downhill on the attack, and it's just like, all right, Trey, you're not going to be able to shoot us back in because you don't got your ankle under you. Not only that, it's especially off the game that was coming off of. Like, they came off a game where they was smacking shit down. They was playing great defense. Right. Trey Day was fucking hurting him on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. So it was like, damn. On like, like, damn, Nate, I get what you're saying. Like, I get it. Like, that's Trey. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like, man, fuck that. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I just seen what happened the game before. Right. Put Lemon Pepper Lou at the point. Right. You know what I'm saying? Bogdanovich at the two, whatever, yeah. whatever. You know what I'm saying? Gallinari at the three, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Collins at the three or the four. Yeah, like, yeah. whatever way. Like, it's just, y'all did too much in the game before to come out and swing and just, like, y'all couldn't even fight in that last game. Like, yeah. it was just, like, Trey just, I mean, he was just putting his head down. You know what I'm saying? Some motherfuckers wide open. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. It, and, I, and I get it. Like, it's hard to pull your star. And you know what I'm saying? Because you're gonna get you're gonna get outlash from him. Yeah. He gonna go to the team president. Yeah. Might go to the fans. But at the end of the day, like you try, you gotta do what's best for your team at that time. We still fighting to make the motherfucking the the, the, the finals. The, finals yeah. the, the big like, dog. Nobody type shit. expected us to be here. Right. And like <laughs> you know, and and for you to not be healthy, you know, enough to really kind of come in and give us the impact. So part of me blames Trey Young. Part of me blames coaching. Part of me blames the medical staff. Yeah. Because I feel like he was never really, you know, eighty percent. I mean, like you could look at him at times and see. Right. So I'm like, at some point, as a coach, you got to say, look, I know you're my guy. I know right now you're the face of this franchise. Yeah. But we're on the cusp of doing something that we haven't done right. in a long time. Like I can't even know off the top of my head if the Hawks have ever made the finals, but. We haven't done this in a long time, right. so Trey, we're gonna, we're gonna this is what we're gonna come out with because I felt like it would have worked out better for Atlanta, just in the sense of Trey, you're gonna go run with the twos. Then I can kind of get a feel for, all right, this is what he's looking like. Right. Cool. You know what? Now I can increase his minutes, or nah, he's struggling a little bit. I'm right. gonna have to pull back because, like you said, the game before they were clicking on all cylinders. Yeah. Everybody had a hand in the pot, and I'm like, that's what you want for a championship team. You want everybody to eat. Now, the only time where, you know, it really kind of boils down to it where it's just like, all right, you know, the game's a little tight, you know, we're in that six-minute stretch, we need buckets. That's when we would depend on a guy like a Trey Young, right. if healthy. But at the right. same time, it was the cohesive part of your of your basketball team, being able to move the ball, you know, attack the paint, hit the shots, do things like that. That's what got you to this point. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, I don't know about you, 
But you know, I I definitely been pulled from a game because of you know because of ankle injury. Now I'm pissed, but my coach had to make that decision for the, the better part of me and the team. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I definitely understand. You know, either way it would have went. And I get it, you got to ride with your soldier sometimes. Yeah. But when your soldier can't soldier and he can't lead and be the you know be the, the leader he is, right. sometimes it's a detriment to your team. Right. So it was almost like, you know, you can see sometimes, I can see the players like, man, why the fuck is he out with? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so, He's holding us back right yeah, now. Yeah, especially with the young players. And you got a good mix of old and young on your squad. Like, you got to make that shit happen, man, as yeah. a coach. But I get it, Nate out there like, man, I done rolled Trey to a four-year agreement. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, I mean, but, I mean, so, I mean uh, it, yeah, a lot of it is Trey because, like you said, Trey's the face of your franchise. But right. I'm like, that team alone, like yeah. the, the fact that they were able to pick up a tempo and go, and they were so dynamic in different aspects where it's like a Gallinari who can shoot the three, a Gallinari who can post – as a six eight small forward or a six eight right. shooting guard, like I can take that guard on the block, right. and I can make the pass to Collins in the corner if oh, someone comes like to help. Them. And then you got guys like Capella, you know, who are out here, you know, playing a little Ow. bit, you know, outside of themselves right there. Because you know, you look at Capella at different times, you know, he found the jump hook and everything. So yeah. you know, a lot of it, you know, Nate, Nate's got some things. He's got some things he needs to definitely figure out with Atlanta because. As with every team, when you have talent, people gonna to want to start getting paid. Right, and and eventually, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of young dudes out there, so you know, uh, they gonna they gonna to start to get paid. So you got you know, and and starting with who Collins? I think yeah. he up this year. I think I think he's already asking for max money. Yeah, so he asking for max. So I don't. So then you gotta wait what two years? You'll be talking the same conversation Trey. with Trey. Yeah. Um. And then, of course, you know, with your role players, you know, some of your guys oh, are around. Oh, oh, let's not forget. If Cam keep playing like he did in that playoff game, now that's an outlier. I so, <laughs> here's, my, here's my issue with Cam. I, you know what's funny because oh, I, here you go. I, have, I have to find it because it's funny because it was the person who's become the butt of the most jokes as of late. And I got I to gotta find the person that made the statement because yeah. it was a quote. Yeah. And basically that person had said that he felt if Cam Reddish continues to play the way he plays. Who's that, Rachel Nichols? It's like, nah, we'll <laughs> talk about that I'm just joking. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to locate it because it's, it's, it's terrible. Because they basically said, I can foresee Cam playing or becoming yeah. Paul Richardson. Or not Paul, Paul George. And I said, of all people, why would you want him to be polyester P? So it just it just I, I, I can't find the I can't find the damn quote, but it's blowing me. But I'm like, of all people, Paul George. Like, why would you want to be Paul George? I guess. I'll just say we, we got our favorite number one fan in here with y'all for those of y'all. Florida State, baby. <laughs> Train them young, baby. <laughs> but um. <laughs> but I, I can promise you, you definitely don't want Cam Reddish being Paul George. Um, Let's see, because we're, we're going to get to Paul George there shortly. But um, now Cam has potential to be some different things. Um, I like to see him, one, focus on staying healthy, and two, just trying to evolve his game NBA-wise, because um, he can show you different flashes of being able to hit the three. He can show you different flashes of being able to take someone off the dribble and get to the cup. But it's yeah. like his game isn't consistently flowing enough yet to where he's kind of figured out, like, okay, this is what I got in front of me. Let right. me take advantage of it. Sometimes right. he's just like, fuck it, I'm jacking a three, I'm jacking a three. As opposed to, well, you were one-on-one with a center. Take his ass off the dribble. Right. Now, if he's back, if he's, he's playing that sink coverage well, off of you, yeah, throw. then you got to take your yeah. three. But also, like, realize the nuances of basketball. Right. Like, take what the defense is giving you. And I think he just will 
we'll figure some of that out. It'll, it'll come with time. And I think a lot of that is just kind of sitting down with Nate McMillan and kind of figuring out what his role is going to be on that team. They call him Candy Cam. Oh, Candy Cam. Oh, hell no. <laughs> hey, Cam did ball out for a couple little games. I was happy for him, though. You know what I'm saying? To see him come off the bench, Nate finally, you know, put him in there. And, and you know, to capitalize on your, you know, on your situation. Because he, he was in the doghouse, I believe, with the other coach. So, you know, to see him come in and, and, and make some plays happen. You know what I'm saying? For anybody, you know... I, I ain't never hate it. I want to see some motherfuckers, you know, make some shit happen. You know what I'm saying? So right. Just to, you know, see him do that, you know, and make some shit happen. I was, I was kind of happy for Cam. You know what I mean? But, but you know, now they talking about, oh, Cam might go to New York with his boy, and you know what I'm saying? And and him and Zion in New York with Julius and I don't know. Shut that fuck up. Right. We'll say, and I did, I did <laughs> and, locate and it. RJ. I did locate it. So the quote came from Nate McMillan. <laughs> so oh. that was from his coach that made this statement. Oh, okay. So Cam's response to it was he just laughed and said, please just call me Cam Reddish. Um, and I get it. And it's like, it's not necessarily a slight of PG, but I mean, you know, a lot of it is, you know, PG is kind of like public enemy number one right now. Right. Which, of course, which rolls us into the recap of the Western Conference Finals. Um, Look at you. <laughs> what did you have more than that? No, 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 oh. no. I'm just saying the way you did that shit. Oh, that shit was nigga. sweet. Oh, well, You're a podcaster now. This nigga. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, yeah. So looking at looking at that con- that conference matchup, um, you know, the Clippers basically just ran out of gas. Um, at different times, Paul George won my respect, and at different times, Paul George lost my respect. Not necessarily lost my respect, but I felt like every time you're waiting for Paul George to kind of be like. All right, this is my moment. Let me solidify that moment. Mm-hmm. He finds a way to kind of be like, "I told you so," and you know, like that that game too. Like the Clippers had a chance at one point to basically be up three two in that series, right. possibly take that series and win it in six. And it's funny because you know everyone will say like, "Oh, you know, hey, they were gassed, they were tired." There were plays that could have been made in game two that they could have won. Some of it, you know, a lot of people are going to say the officiating was trash during that game. Right. And that's why, you know, it's funny. It's an old cliche statement by coaches. Don't, let, don't allow the refs the opportunity to dictate right. or make the game. Go right. make the play and make the game. Um, so, you know, with PG's two missed free throws, you know, down the stretch, you know, that hurt. Because that led to, um, you know, your boy Aiton um, getting the dunk for the game. For the game winner right um and then you know for pg to come back and bounce back with a tough game and then you know to turn around and you know go kind of revert back to himself i think what two games i think 38 i think two games and nigga shot five for 20 so in two games no in those two games combined he shot i think 10 for 40 something like that was that's atrocious and i mean for you to kind of be the player of the caliber of the standard they try to hold you to it's bad because, I mean, like, realistically, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, the Suns ran through them. And I'm like, well, you kind of should have ran through PG and Reggie Jackson. I mean, they, like, you, they're giving you a formidable, you know, crew there. Like, that's not your real Batman and Robin. I mean, that's fucking Ren and Stimpy. But, mm. you know, that's just, you know, my opinion of it. But um, Reggie Jackson was balling. He is. And I, I, I got to give a shout out to Reggie because, you know, Reggie had a heartfelt, um, you know, uh, interview. And he had said, like, you know, the mm-hmm. Clippers saved me. Like, you know, my career was over. Like, nobody yeah. was knocking on my door. You know, and the Clippers wanted to bring me in, so I wanted to make the most of it. Now, the great thing on the or the flip side of that is Reggie probably about to get a nice little check from somebody. Somebody's going to pay him if it isn't the Clippers. Somebody's going to throw him a nice what little. What I know is he used to hate on John Wall. He used to hate John Wall. <laughs> they used to go back and forth, and he used to 
get married, Wall was getting all that love, and he'd give Wall that business. When that was was it when John Wall was gang banging in D.C. or John Wall gang bangs everywhere he goes, no <laughs> pause. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> But uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but you know the thing with the Clippers, and then I got to give a shout out to Talu. Talu really showed you the difference between him and Doc Rivers. Um, no slighted Doc, um, but a lot of people, slighted Doc. A lot of people know how I feel about Doc. Um, you know, it's funny because a lot of people say you need to support a black man, and I was just like, I'm not, I'm not slighting him because he's a black man. The problem is, is he's held to a higher standard at times for winning one championship, and the standard he's being compared to sometimes it feels like you'd have thought he won three or four. And I'm like, he didn't even win that many. One championship with so, three fucking Hall of Famers. Right. And and then what's crazy about the whole scenario is is Tyloo made simple adjustments. Yeah. He was just like, you know, like with the Utah series, like you made an adjustment. And it's just like Doc Rivers kind of has that old school coach philosophy where it's like, you guys are stars, you guys are in the NBA, I need you guys to figure it out. And it's like, well, damn, what the fuck do we need you on the sideline for other than to call timeouts and make stupid faces? But it did prove what the, what the Clippers players said the year before is... Doc made no adjustments. Well, a lot, of, not even just the Clippers players. I mean, shit, quite a few people were saying that motherfucker never made adjustments. No, but I'm just saying, like last year was the big argument over, you know, oh, yeah, with the Clippers the and this and that and this that this, and the players was like, yo, he made no fucking adjustments. Yeah. And you know, some of the writers was like, you know, we just don't believe Doc ain't make no adjustments. Just you seen now, right? With Philly, <laughs> what it was, the play, and it's the thing you look at Philly and you're yeah. like, y'all niggas didn't make any adjustments. None. And I mean, like, the simple adjustment where it was like, and it's funny because we were just talking about this with Nate McMillan and Trey Young. Nasty and then, Nate. And then you look at Doc Rivers' situation with Ben Simmons, and you're yeah. like, as a coach, as the face of this team, you're responsible for it right now. Yeah. You have to take Ben Simmons out. Right. And you kept playing him, and then you watched Ben Simmons' confidence fall like a limp dick. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> take that nigga the fuck out. I want to say a name, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> so, you know, like Tyloo really did a great job like sitting down and showing you what an NBA coach is supposed to do yeah. and being able to say, Well, you know what, you're struggling or you know what, this isn't a matchup that's benefiting us. Let's switch it up and see if we can make them play how we want them to play, as yeah. opposed to us playing what they want us to play. Yeah. Um I feel like at different times the Clippers look like a more fluent team without Kawhi. It wasn't as much ball watching. Yeah. Um, you know when Kawhi has the ball and dribbles between his leg two to three minutes and then finally shoots a terrible shot you know and, and, I, and I get it you know Kawhi's a good basketball player you know some may argue that he's a great basketball player but the problem is is like the game has become so isolated with some of these teams where you find yourself watching guys right. and it's just like you know guys like you know if I'm a Marcus Morris and I'm standing in the corner and I gotta hope that my guy goes to help because Kawhi Leonard's killing and now I gotta make a shot this motherfucker's over here smiling. <laughs> fuck, fuck Marcus Morris. <laughs> Fucking twins. But, you know, just watching, um, you know, the Clippers, they went out fighting. Um, you know, at different points with PG, I wanted to really see PG kind of go down swinging. I kind of liked the game, I believe it was game five, you know, everybody was kind of very critical of Paul George and saying, like, you know, why aren't you being aggressive? Why aren't you doing anything? Right. And in the third quarter, he kind of blew up. So he at least kind of gave his teammates the opportunity to kind of find some confidence in the game. And then he's like, all right, let me kind of step up yeah. and kind of be more assertive. And, I mean, he kind of showed his dominance as a basketball player. And then, you know, the next game, it was kind of like, oh, shit. Paul, Paul, polyester P is back. Yeah, it's like, come on, bro. Yeah. Like, if you're gonna go down swinging, go down swinging. Swing, it. swing fuck it. it all the Let way. Let them bitches fly. Yeah. Like, like, fuck it. Yeah. And you know, with the Clippers, you know, I, I guess you know it's unfortunate because 
you know, guys like DeMarcus Cousins, you know, who only had a handful of minutes came in and made an impact. And like another, like, you know, when we said adjustments, like, you know, to go in and get DeMarcus to play 12 minutes yeah. and come off and give you a solid 11 points or 15 points, you know, and Doc would have left DeMarcus' ass on the bench and kind of been like, eh, fuck it. But then it's like, right. you know, the injury to Zubach kind of forced their hand and it started to kind of work out for him. Yeah, and then, you know, his relationship with the refs don't help. Like, he just gets... Some of the tackiest He battles. gets some of the stupidest shit called on him. Yeah. I mean, that shit is just ridiculous. But, but no, I definitely agree with you, you know what I'm saying, oh, with, with Playoff P, as he want to call himself. You know what I'm saying? But so, I think he... I think he came out and showed, you know what I'm saying, what he can be. Yeah. Um, I, it definitely would have been different to see what it would have been like with Kawhi out there. Most definitely. And, uh, you know, a lot of people also was making a big deal about where Kawhi was. Was he with his family or was he that on the sidelines? That motherfucker was up in the suite. Well, the last game, he was down there. He came was, down there then. And, and, <laughs> and that's why they got their ass whooped. He should have stayed his ass right up, up in top. The suite. You know what I'm saying? Like that motherfucker is a is a fucking no monger. That motherfucker is. Well, then the other thing, and it's funny because you know, just kind of elaborating more on Kawhi just in general. You SAT know, word. Net stop it. <laughs> so now they're sitting there saying that you know Kawhi is frustrated with the medical oh, team yeah, and yeah, the yeah, management. Yeah. So it's just like. Kawhi is kind of starting to get on my nerves to the point yeah, where I'm like, bro, like, what, what the fuck is your plan? Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, 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 I don't get it. Like, you know, it happened with San Antonio. Yeah. You know, it worked out because you got traded to Toronto. Apparently, they sucked your dick the whole time. You know, it got, got he you a championship. He should have stayed his ass in Toronto. Well, that's what I'm saying. But I'm just like, well, I know he's also from Cali. So I know he wanted to kind of be closer to like, home. Yeah. But I'm just like, you know, what's the end game here? Because there, I guess there's the rumor out he's going to decline his player option. But she would make about $36 million, but then he'd be eligible to sign for a bigger extension if he declines it. Right. So the big thing is, it's like, all right, if you say, fuck the Clippers, well, where the fuck are you going? Because, I mean, the whole point of coming to L.A. was to go home. Like, I hope you're not about to go play with Bron. Like, that kind of is just some bullshit if you ask me. Like, that's that's ridiculous. And I, I don't need them to give the Bron sexuals the satisfactory to add mm. a Kawhi Leonard-type player with Let's LeBron and physical, physical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um... Also, you know, while we're still on the top before we kind of stray way too off, because you know how niggas get when they drink a little bit and you kind of just get to talking. We don't drink. Let's give the roses <laughs> to the where the roses are due. And oh. that, that's the Chris Paul. Finally, for the first time in we 16 years. Finally, in 16 years. Rest in peace, Kane from, uh, <laughs> what was that radio show? Uh, 90, 98.7 or whatever fucking show. I never listened to it. <laughs> he, he gave roses. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Chris Paul, after 16 years, finally got his first finals appearance. Finally got over the hump. Finally got past the demon. Look at God. The monkey off the back. Whatever kind of bullshit shit you want to come up with. Um, Phoenix is impressive. Uh, you know, at different times, you know, I had a lot of... Yes, <laughs> had a lot of you know just you know man conversations in general you know just in regards to Phoenix you know a lot of people felt you know Phoenix tempo was very up and down and mm. you know people really couldn't you know be able to withstand you know them constantly moving the ball up and down and I said well what Phoenix is is they're able to apply pressure but at the same time they have enough talent that they can play in the half court as well and that yeah. kind of is what benefited them because a lot of people are kind of slighting Phoenix because they're like you took advantage of an injured Laker team. The Nuggets obviously didn't have Jamal Murray. You know, the Clippers didn't have Kawhi. And I'm just like, the type of nigga I am, the way I've been raised is, the shit happened, the shit happened. Like, do I really feel in my heart, you know, back in, what was it, 2019, would the Raptors have really beat Golden State if Katie and Clay were both there? No. Do I really feel like that? No. Not at all. However, 
they lost. The Warriors lost, and that's just all that matters. So, I mean, you can kind of take it how you want to take it. I mean, you could say the road was less traveled for Phoenix, but at the end of the day, here they are showing up to play the, in the NBA Finals uh, on July 6th. So, um, hopefully Chris Paul doesn't find a way to fuck this up and get injured, falling off the bench or rolling his ankle, un unraveling a piece of gum or something dumb. Because it's a <laughs> State Farm commercial. Yeah, I mean, like, Denzel <laughs> has always had the worst luck with something. Like, he always finds a way to get injured. Like, bro, you need to stay healthy and win four games when you got your first ring that basically almost cements you, you know, as a top five point guard in NBA ever. And, yeah, I, I mean... Hey, it's a lot of people that feel some kind of way, some people that don't. Um, I feel like that championship kind of puts him in a, and it gives him a compelling argument, in my opinion. Um, I guess you. So, uh, you know, because I mean, you got guys like, you know, Shea Shea, who say, you know, he's not a top five point guard. And I said, I understand, you know, to different extents, because a lot of people say, like, you know, championships make the difference. Like, your resume is, is full of all stars and all pros and. You know, steals and, you know, all defensive teams. But it's like, you know, you play the game to win championships. You don't just play the game to be an all-star. You don't just play the game to be an all-pro. Like, you want to win. You want to be able to say, I got a ring. I got to hold the trophy. I took the pictures. So in 20 years when you're old and gray, you're like, nigga, I was a champion. Fuck you. Or you end up like Charles Barkley, better on TV, always calling somebody else out or arguing with Shaq about, I don't know, Kobe helped me get a ring. Well, I wish I could be better and make... Seventeen million dollars a year on well, TV. Of course, I mean, I mean, of course. <laughs> I'd be a better motherfucker too. See, I live, I'm like, good. I'd look, be better sign, with seventeen million. Sign, look, sign me up. Sign me up to be better. <laughs> hey, Shit. look, if I can make seventeen million a year after retirement, fuck that ring. <laughs> <laughs> right? Shit, sign me up. Shit, <laughs> Shit I'd be, that. I'd be his daddy to do that shit. But now, nah, getting back to this, uh, getting back to the sons, man. Um, I really think they got a great, a great chance to win this. Uh, I think with Giannis, if Giannis can come out and be healthy, which healthy at this point is probably seventy five percent, yeah, tops, yeah. Um, I think the Bucks should win. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to, as much as I'm not a big CP three fan, but I would like to see him get a ring. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it just shows like the consistency of playing, and you know, the league tried to fuck me in the sense of, uh, you know, I got traded to be with Kobe, and they fucking made up some bullshit to why I couldn't be there, and you know what I'm saying? So right. I was with the Clippers, and, and and you know, people thought we were supposed to be that deal, and shit happened to where you know what I'm saying, hey, you out there with Blake Griffin, Doc. Fuck that up too. Don't <laughs> deal with Blake and fucking Doc. What, what's your boy? What's your boy? Ain't he getting no burning motherfucking Brooklyn? Doc. Uh, 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 uh. Fuck that up what's too. What's your man? What's your man? The center. Which one? The center. Jordan. Yeah, that motherfucker ain't getting no burn out. I'm still focused on Doc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Doc. Fuck, fuck that up too. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, your son came out bald this year though. But yeah, Doc. <laughs> That up yeah, too. he fucked him up too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but nah. I mean, to see CP3 get a ring after everything he's been through would kind of be like, you know, what I'm saying like a, like just a good thing to see in the NBA. Just to see a motherfucker like not give up and just keep fighting and keep fighting and, and 
when he went to Phoenix, motherfuckers was like, yeah, okay, he went to Phoenix. Like, Ooh. what? What are you doing? Like, right. what do you mean you're going to Phoenix? They already got a point guard. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, blah, 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 blah. But he gave them some leadership and, you know what I'm saying, and, and have them start to believe and, you know what I'm saying, and and Booker didn't have to have that pressure of bringing the ball up yep. and playing defense and doing all this. People don't realize how much that is on a person. I mean, you got to do everything. So CP3 took some of that off of him right. and, and just became a leader of the team. And that last game, man, he, I mean – that dude was a dog. I can't even hold you. Like, yeah. That dude, I mean, what did he, what did he score, 41? He scored 30 in the second 41? half. 41? Yeah, it was something like 30 that. 30 in the second half or something okay. like that. He had 11 points at halftime or something like Pat that. Pat Beverly went ahead and shoved him Oh, not, not Pat. Not Pat B. I'm sorry you're busting my ass, <laughs> not Pat, fucker. Then gave some bullshit-ass motherfucking. That apology. Like, that was Fuck that apology. Man, man, if you Pat Beverly, don't apologize for who you are, motherfucker. Yeah. That's what you do. And that was, That's kind of my issue with that. And I'm just like, bro. Bro, you got your ass busted. You was just talking shit in game. Was it game five? Yeah. When y'all won in Phoenix, you talking shit with the fans. They was talking shit. That's what I'm saying. Ten seconds in the game because yeah. they thought it was about to win. They was talking big shit. Are you talking that cash code shit? And then it's just like, you know, you get your ass busted and now you kind of go out like a sucker. And you, yeah. oh, I got to shove you because you mug me. Yeah. Nah, nigga, you got your ass busted. Yeah, she that's how, it, I mean, but that's that's life, man, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes mm-hmm. you think you up, and then a motherfucking wall hits your ass and knock you down and say, and you know what I'm saying, you sitting there looking at life with that, damn, what the fuck I'm about to do, son? Right. So, he, uh, you know what I'm saying, he act like a bitch and pushed him, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, I, I was an aggressive basketball player. I'm not saying I was a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I'm a halfway decent football player. You a P.J. Bas- Tucker. Basketball player? Oh, <laughs> Lord P. Jesus, P. I was Tucker. terrible. <laughs> I was talking, yeah, I was on the team to get rebounds and foul. PJ Tucker, yeah, I was, that was me. You know what I'm saying? I scored, I scored 17 points or 21. See, that's, that's for my nigga Yamo because I know my nigga Yamo be listening to the show. We be arguing in, in, in you know our sports chats and all that other shit about niggas like Pat Bev and PJ Tucker. Yeah. PJ Tucker sucks. Pat Beverly. Hey, PJ Tucker, a piece though. Bro. Fuck him. Bro, he a piece. Fuck him. I get what you're saying. But hey, every team need a motherfucker like him. Well, that that was the only statement because there yeah. was another dude inside the joint that had said team, that. He had said everybody needs a PJ yeah, Tucker. Everybody needs like, a motherfucker like You him. need a nigga to get six fouls you and do. you know to get the crowd hyped and do a bunch you of yelling. And the same. You do because it's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of especially nowadays in this era. It's a lot of me too niggas that want to be that that motherfucker. And knowing you ain't that dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. bro, play your fucking role. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And go out there and get a rebound, get that motherfucker up to whoever it is and keep it moving. Pretty much. You know what I mean? But, oh, yeah. No, most definitely. Because that's how so, I, cause we, I told him, we and we had been our buddy heads the one day, and we just, it was between Pat Beverly and P.J. Tucker. Yeah. And I was just like, you almost disrespecting comparing one with the other, even though I don't feel, I don't, I don't think Pat's a great defender. I think Pete... P.J. Tucker and Pat Beverly do a great job of pissing you off to the extent where you just like, bro, you can't score, so you have to find other ways to be relevant. And you're just pissing me off. They're good <laughs> defenders in what you can be in the NBA today. Mm. Because in the NBA today, you already know how it goes. Oh, yeah, you can't if, touch nobody. If you touch anything, that's like Pat Bev half the time. He, he put his hands behind his back. Until, and, until well, he yeah. undercut well, CP. Well, that, I mean, that wasn't a foul, though. <laughs> I don't think that was a foul. That wasn't a foul. I don't think that was a foul. Like he said, you played it well, whatever the fuck he said. He said, way to sell it. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? But. 
Cause I, that's well, the NBA. Cause where I, where I'll give Pat, because I, I got, like I said, like I, y'all all know you listening. So where I gave Pat a nod was Pat is good at pissing people off. Yeah. And he actually did a really good job on Devin Booker. Like he was really in Devin Booker's yeah. head. And then we brought up the time when he tried that shit with KD. And then KD was like, nigga, you keep fucking with me, I'll give you 50. And then get turned around and scorched that nigga. Yeah, 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 well. And I'm like, it was kind of funny because we were witnessing the same thing when it was like, KD had an off game. And it was like, oh, it's this relentless defense by P.J. Tucker. And I'm like, bro, he's fouling that nigga. And in Milwaukee, it's not a foul. Right. In Brooklyn, he's on the line. But right. I'm like, when the nigga KD's mind is made up, like, I'll give you 48. Like, it ain't shit. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you're like, well, fuck it. Somebody got to be the one to look like the ass because we were all waiting at different points for, like, Giannis, go guard Kevin Durant. Get P.J. Tucker off that nigga. Yeah. Go guard him. And they were just like, nah, we're, we're, we're not going to compromise our best player by him getting his face shot off. Right. We're going to keep letting P.J. Tucker get his face shot off. Right. So at no point will we bring down the confidence of our star be like, yeah, you scored 30, but this nigga gave you 47. Like, we're not, we're not going to do that. But I'm just like, at some point, I'm like, when does the competitive creed come in and say, you're the team's best defender? You won a defensive player of the year award once, maybe twice. I don't know, something like that. But I'm like, come on now. At, at that last five minutes of the game, you know Brooklyn. Everybody in the, in the arena knew the ball's going to KD. Giannis, get your ass over there and go guard that nigga. It's the NBA. These motherfuckers don't want to get embarrassed. Oh, of course not. So, you know what I'm saying? That's And that's another reason why I will give credit to like a PJ Tucker. Yeah, he they don't give a fuck. a fuck about that. That nigga need that Definitely shit. don't give a fuck about no shit like yeah, that. Yeah, they need that shit. Matter of fact, whether he gets scorched or not scorched, he kind of like, you know what I'm saying? All, all news is good news for me. My name is getting spoke of, so that means my paycheck going up. Pretty much. Whether my shit up or not, you know what I'm saying? So, like, man, mm-hmm. you know yeah, what I'm he, saying? He found a way to earn his value. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? They, they got something, because they say everybody needs somebody to get scored on. Well, if it just happens to be, I mean, I'll let Katie get me 50 if I can get a $3 million a year. Fuck it. <laughs> gotcha. So, going in further, who you got in this? Championship. If Milwaukee, if Giannis comes back and he's 80%, yeah. I see Milwaukee will win 4 2. I want to say if Giannis is anything less than 80%, Phoenix will probably win this in seven. Mm. That's where I feel. I got you. I feel like it'll be an interesting chess match between two coaches. Because um, kudos to Monty Williams. But Monty, Monty. Monty and CP are going to be two great minds. I think where it's going to really kind of fall down to is... What county is Monty from? I don't know. Loudoun? Northern Virginia? Somewhere down there. I don't know. <laughs> Prince George's <laughs> County? I really feel like when it comes Sorry. down when it comes <laughs> down to it, Chris Paul versus Holiday is going to be an interesting or intriguing matchup. Chris Middleton and technically Devin Booker are both guards, but I don't foresee them guarding each other. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch Lopez and Aiton because I feel like... Aiton can give you the 18 and 12, but Lopez also does a good job of keeping other people's centers out of the paint. So now I got to kind of see, can Aiton knock down enough of the mid-ranges to get him out? Mm-hmm. Or is Phoenix going to make the adjustment? We're just going to do a lot of screen and roll to get Lopez out and then be able to roll Aiton down to the bucket, you right. know, get a lot of easy buckets. Um, so I've, I think it's going to really come down to execution and coaching. And I feel like Phoenix, you know, with that crafty veteran and Paul, if he's healthy, he gives him the best opportunity to kind of put them in a position to win. But, I mean, he sneezes, if he farts wrong, and, you know, then he pinches a nerve in his back, you know, now you kind of fucked. Where I feel like Phoenix kind of has a slight advantage, I feel like they have 
I don't want to say a better bench, but I feel like their bench plays with more tempo than Milwaukee's bench does. I feel like that is something to also watch out for on Phoenix's behalf. Um, but healthy, I think Bucks in six. Unhealthy with Giannis, I think Suns in seven. I got you. That's very. Ooh. I don't know. I feel almost about the same, but um, I say Bucks healthy. Yeah, definitely uh, six. Um, I think unhealthy Phoenix and six. Um, I just think they would run and gun their ass out. Could be in the yeah. sense of you know what I'm saying they play a little better defense. Um, even though that's blasphemy, considering the Clippers were supposed to be a defensive team. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but yeah. So uh, I I just think uh, I think they'll go out and do what they got to do, man. I think I think the Suns could definitely get it done in six. You know what I'm saying? Especially without a healthy uh, Giannis. Um, but ultimately, I'm gonna go on the everything and say I got Bucks in six. Mm. That's just because I think Giannis will come back and be at least seventy five percent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I go. I go now. Who I want to win is Phoenix. Everybody want at this point. If, yeah. if you like basketball, you kind of want CP to get his ring. You want him to get his roses because them niggas. They already talking about that nigga going to New York next year. For me, it ain't even about CP. I just want Devin Booker, a light skinned motherfucker, to get a ring. You know what I'm saying? Steph got y'all enough of I don't want to hear that. I want us to keep uh, winning, baby. Y'all talked all that shit. Talk about uh, all light skinned niggas out. Bop, bop, bop. Drake you know been in my Hey, we all here winning, baby. Steph gone. We all here winning, baby. <laughs> well, the last, if I remember correctly, the last light skinned nigga just got his ass whooped in February. So Ooh. I'm going with that. My homeboy. <laughs> Oh, Javante Davis just won a fight. Oh, then we gotta talk about this like this, nigga. We gonna keep coming, man. We gonna keep playing with these niggas. <laughs> uh, next topic ahead with basketball. We'll say as of late, uh, brings up to um, Rachel Rachel Nichols. Um, you know, Rachel Nichols. You know, had a very interesting statement that you know basically she came out with as of late in regards to Maria Taylor. Um. She was commenting on Paul Pierce and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. You know, I, I gotta ask, how do you, how do you feel about that? Like, you know, like basically she was upset. For those who don't know, she was upset that um, the NBA or not NBA, ESPN basically said we're gonna allow Maria Taylor to uh, become the sideline reporter for the NBA Finals. Yeah. Um, and those who don't know, Rachel had an off an off off brand conversation with a friend or a colleague, whatever yeah. you want to go with, and someone recorded it. And, you know, basically she just kind of broke down in a nutshell saying you want to promote somebody because they're black, um, if you read between the lines. And it's and basically it's kind of shade at Maria um, Taylor, but at the same time, go ahead. So it wasn't just that when she was black. So it was more so of like Taylor would do all the sports y'all want her to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know what I'm saying, she's kind of like a company puppet. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that shit I'm going to do the NBA Because this is what I know And y'all not going to press me out To do anything beyond what I do Right or wrong <clears throat> Either way Either way This was supposed to be uh -huh. A conversation with a friend mm -hmm. Not on record Not on nothing like that Right. That someone actually recorded right. And put out there 
So it wasn't like something she was just, you know what I'm saying? So, like, for me it was, damn, like, could you imagine, could you imagine you and, and, and me, you, and, you know, we kind of just open motherfuckers. So could you imagine some of the conversations we may have had with coworkers? Oh yeah. And eventually got out to the public and and motherfuckers said X Y Z. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers would look at us crazy because you know we, sometimes we just say shit. We want to see how people. Yeah, we yeah. or sees how motherfucker react. So so like I can't really fucking kill her for a conversation she had with a friend on how she felt about someone else. Right. You know what I'm saying and. So what she wouldn't do, right? So for me, so like, so let me, so let's let's kind of give a lot of clarity in different aspects. Because I know some people know, some people don't. So basically, when it boiled down to it, um, she basically was calling out her employer because basically they said we're in a diversity issue right now, and this is a perfect time for us to you know push a black person into the spotlight with the NBA Finals. Rachel more so was in the response of why does it have to be me? Why do I have to be the one pushed off the mountain for you to basically reach or accommodate an issue that you're having? Because the state the statement was Who I believe is a Hispanic woman. Who's that? Rachel Nichols. Is she Hispanic or oh, white? To, me, to my knowledge, she's white. Oh, okay. Um, because it basically the com- one of the comments that it says, if you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, go for it. But find it somewhere else. So how I take that in context is you're trying to meet the quota of I want to put a black person up on this pedestal. And I fought so long because Rachel's been in the game since 95. She's from the hood, too. She's been in the game since 95. And basically, it's, she from the hood. I've been in the game so long. I don't care if you want to put somebody up there because you're feeling a lot of backlash and pressure. Fine. Yeah. Don't knock me off the top because most of us, you know, pay attention to sports. It's been a male-driven industry for a long time. Right. Women are kind of really flourishing right. in the sports industry as far as media, communications, all that right now. Like, it's flourishing for women. Right. Um, so when I when I see it, like, some people kind of take it as, well, it's a black and white thing. And I was like, not this one. Because... I feel where Rachel is coming from. Like, if you want to give her a platform, give her a platform. Don't knock me off the sideline because you're feeling pressure from the outside. Now, my other <clears throat> issue with the whole situation is, as a black person, don't hand me shit because now you're feeling pressure from the outside. Now, I know there are black people that'll say, now, nah, fuck it, I'm going to take my shit. Give me my shit. Give me my motherfucking chicken hot. Yeah. But don't hand me shit after I've invested hours and time in school and going on these trips and doing all this other shit just to get to this point. If no. I've earned it, give me my roses. Give me my own fucking show. Give me Carrie Champion. Give me fucking um, Joy. Hill. Joy. I don't even really fuck with Jamel Hill like that. She likes Give it. me Joy Taylor. Put, put her fine ass on the motherfucking show. Put all them on the show. Like, give them what they've earned. Yeah, but just kind of slot your man. Uh, I don't like her. She pisses me off. Yeah, she did her job good. I just want Joy Taylor on there. I watch that show every fucking day. You just want her on your face. <laughs> what man don't? <laughs> <laughs> what man don't? But just you know, like and a lot of people, like you know, they will really misconstrue what you said. I feel like for Rachel, it was on. It was an unfortunate conversation that took place, and there was an asshole who decided to sit there and record it. And the fact that you threw out the word diversity made it deep water for you. You put yourself in quicksand with that one. 
And I'm like, I, I get it. Like, if I worked so hard to get to the top and somebody was like, hey, we're going to go with Phil here. We need to push the, you know, the Hispanic side of it. And I'd be like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck Phil. Give Phil his own shit. This is mine. I put in my time. I've been here 30 years. I've been grinding. I've been there. Lord knows what Rachel been doing. Probably sucking dick and all that other shit to get to the top. And now it's just yeah. like, but then what's funny is the ultimate smack in the face is the sideline reporting is now going to Malika Andrews, who's been with ESPN three years. So you mad about Maria Taylor, and now they just slid Malika Andrews in. So they just like, go ahead and take your vacation. We're going to really piss you off because this chick ain't put no time in it. We sliding her right in. Enjoy your vacation, Rachel. Did she complain when she took that spot from Michelle Beadle? Probably not. Because remember, Michelle Beadle was hot as fish grease. Yeah. Until all that shit with, you know, Aaron Rodgers and her having some other type of issues. Because remember, Michelle Beadle was doing all that shit. Right. On NBA and all that shit. She did. And then Rachel Nichols came in. Yeah. So you ain't complaining then. Yeah. So now you want to complain? That's one end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So motherfuckers forget that part. They forget Michelle Beadle was hot as fucking fish grease. Mm. That's some hot ass grease. You know what I'm saying? So then we get to uh, you know the the other end of the spectrum of you know what I'm saying, Shorty. Like, uh, I mean, we 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 fighting for for her for what though? Mm. In the sense of like I said, it was a recorded conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like she was coming on record to say X, Y, Z. Right. That's fucked up. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then for ESPN, or oh, everyone else is, is also saying that this is her team putting that shit out. Mm. So this her team, I'm speaking of, uh, um, what's, what's the girl? Uh, not Maria Taylor? Yeah, Maria Taylor. Mm-hmm. This is her team putting the situation out there because she's pushing to get $8 million a year mm-hmm. from ESPN. Mm-hmm. So is this her team putting the pressure on ESPN saying, hey, okay, now we got y'all motherfuckers. We see that, you know, in the company with some issues. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to put y'all motherfucking ass to the fire and, and y- y'all need to give us this $8 million a year. Mm. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's two different ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. In the sense of Who the fuck recorded that It was some random And, and yeah. why the fuck did it come out now Some random ESPN work. Right And that's what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. And why the fuck did it come out now It came out now For for the other side For uh, uh, what's called side Of Hey Now she won 8 million dollars a year mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden This story came out Of me saying X, Y, Z where I'm I'm hot as a motherfucker now too. Right. One because of Paul Pierce's shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, you know and where's Rachel Nichols? People look at her kind of as a, like a sex symbol type of shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, damn, like what side do you stand on? You don't know what to believe really in these type of stories. Right. And either way, I can't be mad at either one of the females. Right. If and I ain't gonna say uh, Taylor did that on on purpose. Right. Because you know I ain't gonna say somebody just purposely came out and want to kill somebody else. Exactly. But would I say your lawyer or your team or your spokesperson wouldn't do some shit like that? Because at the end of the day, they want money. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? When it come to politics and shit like that, it come down to, to dollars and cents. They don't give a fuck about none of that other shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? So would I say your 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 spokesperson or whatever wouldn't do no shit like that? Fuck no. Yeah. So it's like, who do you really believe? And how, you know what I'm saying? So I can I can see both sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? But you gotta really look at all the sides. So yeah, I mean it was just it was just interesting, you know, the way how it came out because like I do I did hear you know Maria Taylor is trying to currently negotiate a new contract. You she know, eight milli. Which is a lot because I know Rachel makes one point five. I know she's considered one of the higher, Ooh. one of the higher paid, you know, ESPN faces, you know, especially for females, um, you know, because I don't know what it's like to be a woman, you know. So I, I can imagine, you know, the grinder Rachel had to go through to kind of get to the point she got to, and then man, you know, that shit. Like, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Right? Now, now, you know, like, he's stupid. I ain't fucking with nothing. Now, now, also, if you know from the black side of it, it's just like, well, shit. You know, it's another opportunity for you know a black person to really give some, you know, the opportunity to be successful. But this is like I told my homeboy earlier. I was like, if you really want to say like we want to really fight that up, well, the the diversity, yeah. <laughs> give us give them their own shit. Like, look, give Carrie Champion and her awards. You know, I know them ESPN and Sage still fell off, but give them their own show. Give them an opportunity because I don't see nothing that covers WNBA basketball regularly on ESPN. This Sage shit still ain't never going to fall off because she's a white man lover, so she's going to always have a job at ESPN. I mean, I got. I mean, there's there's just different avenues where you can make it. You can make it more, you know, available for these women to be, you know, code hosts on shows I mean like yeah. I, I get tired of hearing Max and Stephen A I mean like I at different times like you know I hear Stephen A sometimes and I'm like Stephen A might be a coon you know Uncle Tom and then I listen to Max some days and I'm like oh please Max shut the fuck up and I'm like give me give me two black women up here I mean then some days I gotta listen to Kendrick Perkins you know, you know I like throw it like if Can't you really if, you stupid so if you really want to give the roses you know to our African American people give them their own shit carry the hell on Right, give them give them an opportunity too. No, and that's and that's what I love about you know what I'm saying. What is this podcast world? You know what I'm saying, man. You ain't the biggest right now, but one day we will be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. but for Curry Champion and for Jamel Hill, they stepped into this podcast world and taking this shit to mm-hmm. a whole different lane, mm-hmm. and they making that. If not the same money they was making at ESPN, it's just a little bit less. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, motherfucker, I can get a mic. I can get a motherfucker to produce. Yeah. I can get a motherfucker to cover a video yeah. and do whatever I got to do. And now fucking Jamel Hill has like her home fucking podcast world fucking network. Mm-hmm. And she's killing the game. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's with, with this podcast shit, man, it's... It's different, man. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You talking about Joe Rogan, motherfuckers like that. That nigga's making $25 million a year. Yeah. A year. Debating and arguing on podcasts. On podcasts. The, the, the shorty, um, I think it was the biggest female deal so far. What was the joint, what's the joint called? Uh, Call Me Daddy or something like that. She just signed for three years, $60 million. Can't beat that. And them motherfuckers just started podcasting four years ago, and there was some motherfucking shorties at home just chilling. Selling pussy. <laughs> I ain't, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to make a day. I ain't going to say all that, but I'm just they saying, like, <laughs> like, yo, so you talking about these, these, these things are deeper than just words because they, they get to where 
everywhere in the country. Mm -hmm. So me and you sitting here talking, you know what I'm saying, in a basement, cooling, but this shit can go to anybody, everywhere. Very true. You know what I'm saying? So the, the game has changed. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we, we'll see what's, what's up, how does shit go. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it just, you know, just listening to it because it's like, you know, a lot of people have mixed feelings and mixed emotions, you know, just in regards to these things because, like, you know, when you really have put in your time and you really grind it, like, that shit will fuck with your head when you, like, like, I've done everything to get here. I've had to stay the extra night. I've picked yeah. up the extra shift. You know, I've gone somewhere I didn't want to go to go cover some shit I didn't want right, to cover. Right, you know, like, I've spent time away from my family. Yeah. And, you know, like, now I made it. And it's like, now you've just found another way to kind of almost undercut me and kind of set me back. And it's just like, bro, I've been in the game 30 years. And, like, this is how y'all doing me. Yeah. But I'm like, at the same time, I would have liked to have seen it become more of an empowerment moment as opposed to, like, a me versus you. Let's find a way to make this shit work. For both of us Because I mean Like I, I can imagine The struggle it is For a woman to come up In an industry That's male driven And to be successful In it at that You know like Find a way to, to Work together And you know And try to come With a more united front I mean I shit, Go start your own shit Go start a woman's corner Or you know Three women in a mic Like come up with Something creative Because when it boils Down to it Cats listen to the chicks on, on microphones because men always want to know what's going on in a, in a woman's in head. Time. We're always curious. Yeah. So I'm like, if you put the right women you know, in front of a microphone and let them start to talk, after a while, you're going to have a hell of an audience grow extremely quickly because we're curious to see what you know, what you don't know, where ah, she's clueless as shit. Or, well, damn, she knows what the fuck she's talking about. Right. And then it becomes a word of mouth thing. Yo, check shorty out. She really be on her spitting that shit. Kind of like what you said with you say tell, call me daddy or whatever. Yeah. I would imagine we started out something small, started with word of mouth. Hey, yo, listen yeah. to these chicks. These yeah. chicks is wild, but they spill. They really spitting some real shit, and that's really what it like. You know what? What really grabs a men or the men or the male attention, right? And it grows. Like if if her like even like I said, Joy Taylor. Like I love Joy Taylor on uh, Colin Cowherd. And I'm like, cause she be spitting her shit on that joint. And yeah. I was like, cause why, like, when I hit you earlier today, and I was like, bro, this joint keeps saying she only makes a hundred thousand on that. And I'm like, bro, Callan makes six million. You telling me y'all couldn't get this girl three hundred thousand, five hundred thousand? I'm like, come on, man. Like you can't lowball this shit like that. I'm like, it don't make sense. But I'm like, a lot of people, uh, like Molly Quirm, like a lot of people mm. watch shows to watch the women. We yeah. give a fuck about what Max Kellerman and Stephen A. are really are rapping about. We want to, we want to see Molly. Molly Quam Rose. That's what we want to see. Rose. So what? <laughs> Fuck him. Nah, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck Jello Rose. Shout out to Jello Rose because that's uh, he's gonna say fucking man and nigga. <laughs> because he's the only nigga I know to keep a tight shape up. Every, do. It don't matter do. when, that's where. It. Like that nigga Barber is razor that sharp at all stupid. times. That John is stupid. That shit like a pencil drew that shit that on that motherfucker. But you know, I, I would like I would like to kind of see more you know the united because I hate that it's like everybody always has to be adversaries all the time, and it's like you know I understand it, but I'm like just find a way to flip it, find a way to spin it and make it work for y'all. So wait, wait, everybody's eating because I mean like when I look at some of the shit that some of these cats are making, like you know, Skip left there to make what's Skip making now like eight nine million, ten million, 10 million a year. Yeah. And I think Shannon only makes like three or four. And I'm like, Skip wasn't making that shit on ESPN, but he got away from Stephen A, and now he's killing it. And Shannon like, wasn't making shit, which is true. Which is you know, but the one thing I give with Skip is he always know he got he need a brother with him. Oh yeah, you know nah, what I'm saying. That's so, a smart man. Yeah, especially when you got. He said he wasn't taking that job unless they gave the job to Shannon. See, 
And that's probably just based off of a relationship that them two had already had. Yeah. And I mean, like, and I love watching them two. Because, you know, you Shay got... Shay Shay. Shay Shay coming up. Shay, because Shay Shay, he, he <laughs> probably the number one bronze sexual. The number one bronze sexual. Oh, he is, definitely. And then you got Skip over there, the number one LeBron hater. <laughs> I mean... So they... They mesh with Braun know what it is He know it's I mean in a perfect world Of course It's you television know what time it is Yeah I mean mm-hmm. shit, I, get, I get paid 10 million dollars a year Fuck, fuck you Braun Hope you miss a shot <laughs> right. Hope your shoes suck right, Space right, jam right, is right. gonna be trash <laughs> Then when I see I'm gonna dap you And I'm gonna buy you a shot Yeah, I mean, yeah Simple yeah, shit yeah. At the end of the day It's like the check The check <laughs> I'm gonna make money <laughs> On your right. Let's say that If you gonna say And pay my mortgage Because I said Space jam is trash You right. got damn right I'm gonna say Space jam is trash Right Which by the way Comes out next week And I Probably won't watch it because it'll probably be trash. I still ain't seen the other Karate Kid. I'm an old now. Oh, I ain't Lord. about to watch no That's this shit. motherfucker here. Well, well, the good thing is I don't think LeBron will lose in Space Jam, so I think he's in the clear for that one. We'll see. Well, he might miss a motherfucker free throw. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just uh, you know, hopefully something. Positive comes between those two females mm-hmm. and women. I shouldn't just say females, but those two women. I wish the best for both of them, and uh, you know what I'm saying. And, and and hopefully the company finds a way to make something happen with both of them, like you said, whether it be something with them together or mm-hmm. you know just keeping Rachel Nichols where she is in her lane. And then and Taylor was kind of she kind of in all the lanes. Of, you know she definitely deep in college football right. and. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. But, you know what I'm saying? Girl power. You give know what her I'm saying? own shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, I definitely support her. Give her a shit. Like, yeah, give her roses. We joke a lot and shit like that, but definitely we support, you know, female and empowerment. And shit, I got a daughter. I want, <laughs> I want my daughter to be a Maria Taylor. Go get yeah. your money, baby. Yeah. Daddy loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ain't, you know what I'm saying? I ain't, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> hey, you. You know what I'm talking about. But yeah. <laughs> this nigga sick. Something's wrong with this nigga. Use your money, y'all. This nigga, man. Use your money, y'all. So, uh, so also recently, it seems like um, Maryland got got a W uh, as of late uh, with uh, Tank Davis getting the getting the win. Oh, I know how much, uh, I know how much you uh, you've uh, loved boxing as of late. Yeah. Hey. Tank had to dig deep in this one, baby. <laughs> he had to dig deep. I told y'all Burrios wasn't no bitch. You know what I'm saying? On a lot of cards, if Tank ain't knocked this motherfucker out, Tank was going to lose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like I said in the last joke, I do believe you can go back and rewind and do all that shit you want to do. I said if Tank get inside and catch this motherfucker, Body it's going to be a wrap. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Tank got inside and caught that motherfucker, and it was a wrap. But what Tank, I hope, do realize is with stepping up and wait, even if he step up or go back down or whatever, the the the, the motherfucking boxes is only getting better. Right. No, now this might be the tallest motherfucker he had to fight, but hey, Shakur Stevenson is coming. Farmer is coming. It's some motherfuckers out here that's really can box. And you can't just outbox these motherfuckers. Now, Tank is a dog, and he's strong as shit. But we're going to see what Tank got. And, you know, that's not to take away nothing from Tank. I fuck with him. He 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 uh He's a dog, you know what I'm saying? But, mm. but to see this shit start to come now, 
Like motherfuckers saying you ducking certain people, Tank. Mm. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Now Mayweather kinda put out there like, hey, I'm gonna pick his boxers that he fights. Mm. So that tell you, it might be a couple of motherfuckers he don't wanna see. Now if you start to see him fight Lomachenko, that's him doing a bitch move. Mm. Lomachenko's too light. He know he can fuck Lomachenko up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, but I ain't gonna get too deep into this boxing <coughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? Because I can talk this boxing. I can talk this boxing shit. But <laughs> <laughs> we gonna um, we gonna. Did you have anything you want to talk about on this time? Oh, uh, not necessarily. I mean, shit. You know, I, I watched. <laughs> I, I slowly kind of just got back into boxing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like it's kind of easy to cheer for Tank Davis because he's so close to home. Mm -hmm. you know, for those of you. Who don't, What's good, don't know, Dami? You know, we live about 45 minutes outside of Baltimore. So, you know, it's easy to cheer for the hometown. Um, and then, of course, you know, I'm anxious to watch the uh, Wilder fight, you know, coming up here yeah, in two weeks. Like, yeah. I'm kind of curious to see how that, yeah. you know, takes off. So, you know, boxing at different points has become interesting for me. Just when the more, when the names I'm aware of, because like I said, I'm, I slightly kind of peek in here yeah. and there. You know, I'm not really in, you know, as thorough as like, oh, you know, these right. two fought. And I'm like, right, who? Right. Who the fuck is that? Right. And like, nigga, he's 17 and old. And I'm like, nigga, I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing about him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, like, I, I try to, you know, especially as you've gotten some more into the world of podcasting and, you know, just kind of being able to elaborate sports because, you know, the more elaborate. you... Elaborate. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> because the more and more you run into, you know, different people and, you know, they listen to your pods and it's like, you know, they want to have conversations with you and try to debate sports with you and all that and it's kind of funny how it happens it's like yeah I heard your pod and be like so what do you think about this and it's just like now it turns into a 20 minute right. you know dialogue like you, you know really, back and forth like you really a star like, I'm like, like, like I'm not Stephen A. Smith nigga I don't got 20 minutes to argue with you over some dumb shit I'm trying to go to fuck home and lay down right <laughs> um but you know that's kind of the good thing that's um you know really kind of coming into boxing you know boxing is kind of more so for me you know kind of making a resurgence yeah um, so, you know, now, like I said, as a lab and anxious to see some fights, I'm not anxious to watch any more celebrity boxing matches. I will not be partaking. I will not be supporting. I will not be posting on social media. Like, they, them jokes are terrible. Like, I mean, like, if I could get seven. Ocho's fight was good. That was probably the only one that seemed semi Like, did, but did you watch Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter? No, I didn't. I, didn't. I mean, that was like a crackhead. Beating up a meth head Like that was terrible You didn't have to go on them Both of their flaws That was a terrible fight And I mean They both had headgear on I mean <laughs> But that was a different production Like if it's Triller Man. If it's Triller I'll watch If it's not Triller That wasn't Triller That was fucking uh, You know what I'm saying uh, Fucking Southeast Minnesota <laughs> I just I just I just Minnesota, I, really, I just I couldn't get down on it You know Um I mean, like you know, even the even the last time when I watched uh, Tyson and Roy Jones fight, like you know, it was it was refreshing to see those two faces get back in the ring. But like I, like Mike was actually trying to fight. Roy was kind of like, nigga, don't knock me the chill fuck, the fuck out. out. Like yeah. I'm I'm just trying to show my face a little bit, <laughs> yeah. and maybe get an endorsement, get a couple checks. Like you really fighting, Mike? Chill like, the fuck out. He was like the fat nigga in Martin. Yeah, what you doing? Right, <laughs> he turned his ass up. <laughs> So like you it's know, a charity, right? 
<laughs> what was it? What was the um, Rocky Four exhibition? Yeah. Exhibition. Yeah. Nigga, beat the shit out of Apollo Creed and put him in a box. Yeah. So just you know, it's the exhibition events. I won't be supporting those anymore. But like I gotta say with boxing more and more. I try to get into um, because you know, luckily for me, football's about a month and a half away. So I, I look forward to that because we're about to hit that drop period. Yeah. But um, other news um, it just came in as of late. Hey. Uh, I want to make sure I'm saying Shorty's name right. Shikari? Shikari? Shikari. Shikari Richardson yeah. has just... Oh, dumb, dumb. Ah, mama, mama, mama. So, for those of you don't know, failed a drug test. So Purposely. Disqualified, um, or now suspended a month. So everybody was, oh, you know what, we support you, we stand behind you, blah, blah, blah. Now, somewhere within the last hour, it just came out. She didn't even qualify for the four by one team, so yeah. now she's not even going to the Olympics at all. I'm about to get hated on. Like this is this it, it's frustrating because it's like yo, you fought so hard for these things. Like I, I know what you went through, you know, losing a parent, you know, or struggling, or not necessarily even losing a parent, but just the relationship you may not have had. This, you know, whatever you got going on. But I'm like, and she said her biological mother. You know, like to each their own. Like everybody's circumstances are different. But I'm like, right. you know, you you had a hard situation that you grew up in. You know, you leaned on your grandmother, and it's like you are arguably one of the most fastest people on the planet, female wise. And I just like somebody should have been in your corner saying, "I just need you to chill. Let's get to Japan, and then we can focus on weed." Then, like, let's get to Japan first. And just to kind of watch this all kind of fall, like I hate it because it's like there had to be somebody that was, oh, you know, basically managing or overseeing what was going on. It could have helped keep Shorty intact. Now I'm watching this slowly crumble. Now the good thing is, is you know, there's 19 states, 20 states, what in the U.S. that weed is legalized. Where she tested positive at, it was legal. But I'm like, you know, you were about to be on the grandest stage in the Olympics, representing the United States of America. That's not, not bragging like the U.S. is shit to really brag on you know some of the shit we've been through especially how they really don't love black people but it's just like shorty like don't fuck your own pockets up don't fuck your own money up like that's just that's just crazy for me like i really want her to be successful it's a minor setback so hopefully you know in the next four years you know when it comes back again she'll be about 25 she has her head on right and you know she's ready to take the world by storm like i really felt like she was about to go over to tokyo and do some really good things some great things and make some great memories on her behalf and represent her grandma in the well and unfortunately it's a huge setback now can i now be the villain <clears throat> feel free <laughs> it's the light skin shit because technically she's brown skin go ahead i'm listening she was scared of that smoke oh, she knew she was gonna get her a smoke by them motherfucking jamaicans <laughs> she knew which car was going about to smoke her. Uh, what's was it? Shelly Ann uh, Price. I don't know her name. Shelly Ann Price was about to smoke her ass from Jamaica. From the Jamaica Sprinters was about to smoke her. <sighs> she talking that shit. She ran a ten. What? 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 She was about to get smoked. Shane Wong lived. Shane Wong here. She got beat. So she smoked weed to say, oh. I couldn't go over to the Olympics because I knew because this might be uh, Shelly Ann Price last Olympics because she ain't but like two years younger than me. Mm. So this might be her last Olympics. So this is what it was. She she smoked weed to say, oh, 
I couldn't go over there because I smoke weed. Now everybody going to say, well, it's just weed. Let her go. No, she knew what she couldn't smoke. That's why she came out and said, I knew it was on the list. I knew what I could and couldn't do. Mm. And she still did it. She was scared of that smoke. So instead of just coming out and naturally saying, oh, I'm scared of the smoke, I'm going to say, oh, I tested positive for weed. So that's what it was. It wasn't nothing more than that. Hmm. So now you, quote unquote, couldn't qualify for the four by one. But you just had on your uh, Instagram page the other day, look who's Bazak or whatever the fuck it was. Well, I'll, I'll, let me clarify the qualifying. Okay. It yeah. wasn't qualified. They didn't select her. Oh, they didn't select her. <laughs> they oh, they right. purposely said we Because she was scared of that smoke. And they knew her ass was scared of that smoke. <laughs> your ass was scared of smoke. Everybody else sugarcoating your ass and... And baby fisting your ass up. Baby you were scared, motherfucker. Oops. Next time, don't smoke weed. <laughs> you know what time it was. Stop being scared of that smoke, shorty. Oh, no. Uh, and for y'all that feel a different way, fuck you too. Ha. Huh. That, look, that's for all y'all full for sight now. <laughs> that's that Tupac shit. <laughs> I just, I, well, it's funny because it's like, you know, our segment that, you know, we're going to be, we're definitely wrapping it up with is just about mental health in general. Yeah. Because like, you know, just speaking of mental health on her behalf, and it was just like, you know, you're struggling with a lot of things going on internally, you know, in the brain. And everybody knows that things inside the mind are dangerous, you know, especially when you spend a lot of time thinking and stressing and creating anxiety. And it's like, you know, it kind of goes into, like, you know, with Aaron Rodgers as well, because, you know, we kind of always chit-chat about that. You know, like Aaron Rodgers came out recently and said, like, this has been the most relaxing offseason because he's right. basically dedicated it all to his mental health. Right. I've ignored football. I've ignored the things that are stressing me out. I've ignored the anxiety. All I'm doing is I'm just sitting out here and I'm going to live life and what's bringing me joy and what's bringing me happiness. Um, and with mental health, you know, I feel like, you know, with a lot of us, because, um, you know, especially people my age, you know, because I'm currently 35. And, you know, this is that part of life that high school never really prepared you for. They didn't prepare you for classmates dying, um, you know, parents dying, and you know, older people dying. Like, you know, and then you're kind of in that point where you're looking to buy <laughs> homes and, 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 and like, you know, you've started families and it's like, you know, now you're hitting like midlife crises and things like that. Like, those are just things that school doesn't necessarily prepare you for. So High school didn't prepare you for black history. Did that either. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Let's like, start with the basics. So, High school didn't start you with so a lot of it's, shit. it's just crazy now when you kind of sit back and look at it because you're looking at some people who you know, make a lot of money but are completely miserable and then take their lives. And then you've got some people who make a couple of dollars an hour but feel rich because, yeah. you know, they have a healthy family, they have a healthy healthy children, healthy wife. Right. And they're like, fuck, we got food on the table. I'm glad. But you Don't got some married. people that can have every fucking thing they want handed to them and they're miserable. Right. And it's just like, well, what is it that you're not really happy with internally? So when I kind of look at the Richardson situation, when they say, like, you know, Shorty was 100% willingly knowing smoking weed was going to pop her. And I'm just like, Duck and smoke. what really was going on internally inside your brain? What really was clicking at that point that you make that statement? And Jamaica, Jamaica. <laughs> and, it, and, it just, and it just kind of makes you wonder at times, like, you know, in different people's heads, it's like, I want to know what you're thinking. I need to know and understand, like, where you're coming from sometimes. Why are you acting the way that you act? You know, why do you have so much anger toward this? Or why are you so down? Why are you so depressed? Or why are you always on yourself about trying to be a perfectionist when you know there's nothing you can do to be a perfectionist? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, you know, as people, like I say definitely as black people, like I can say like, 
you know, with me, like, I know, like, one of my biggest outlets for my mental health has always been, or as of late, has been the gym, because it gives you an opportunity that no matter what's going on outside of life, like, for this next hour or so, you're only focusing on the, the workout. You're only focusing on the exercise and getting a good sweat and just trying to get stronger, trying to do the next rep or trying to take the next step. Yeah. So it's like you're trying to find a way to pour yourself into something and block out everything else. And then once you walk out, you're like, all right, I decompressed all that. Now the life that I know I have to go back to. So, okay, cool. I got a little refreshed. All right, let's go get it. Let's get it out the way. And I feel like some people, mental-wise, don't really take the time to give themselves that opportunity to say, I'm going to give myself an hour. I'm going to think about everything I need to do to make me happy. Yeah. And then I'm going to go back and I'm going to focus on my kids. I'm going to focus on my significant other. And it's just like you, you pour so much into everybody else all the time. And you forget about the most important person, which is yourself. And I think as people, we really need to get back into focusing on our own mental health. <sighs> go ahead. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, you know, with me, you know what I'm saying? Like, recently I've been through a lot of that right there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The previous years to last year, you were definitely in a lot of that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Most like, definitely. So, I get it. You know what I'm saying? You starting to hit it home a little bit with me, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> and. You've been there in that moment. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, I'm just starting to go through that moment of, like, damn. I gave so much there. Like, I'm trying to get back on track. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's tough. Yeah. Um, and it's, 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 it's tough for all it's, of us. For, you know, they say different strokes for different folks. Yeah. But it's like, you know, not, not keeping a buck. Like, you know, what he's referencing, like, you know, I lost my dad one year. I lost my mom the next year. And it was like, you know, I've known people that have lost both parents. And I mean, like, they've went off the deep end. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, whether it was substance abuse, um, you know, whether it was whoring, selling ass. Like, you know, you just kind of like, I just want to find some way to make myself feel good. I don't give a fuck how it is, how I do it. I just want to yeah. feel good because outside of that, all I feel is pain. All I feel is frustration, you know, and all that. And there's a lot of people like, you know, I talk to daily, you know, just struggling with things whether it be finances whether it be work you know whether it be personal relationships or things like that like sometimes you just kind of have to wheel back and you got to be like look where can i get myself back on my feet and i weigh because i can't be the best father i can be if i'm not happy right because i'm not going to be a happy person to my child all right. the time and it's like i can paint a face on but after a while your child learns something ain't right and that's like, you know, one of the biggest things about the mental health. If I want my child to be the best child and grow into the best adult they can be, I have to show them that. I have to give them that and I have to educate them that. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing whether I'm going to be a husband or if I'm being a boyfriend or whatever the case may be. Like, I can't expect anybody else to expect greatness out of me if I'm not giving myself my happiness. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's not fair because, you know, everybody puts you on a pedestal because you're a man. Mm. And sometimes it's not fair because, you know, obviously we're taught you're not supposed to cry and all this other shit. And it's like, that's just not a thing of weakness. Like, I tell people I cry all the time. Like, I hey. miss the shit out of my parents. Hey, we're going to have a different pod coming soon on that type of shit right there. Yeah. We got something coming for you soon on that type of shit right there. Yeah. To where it is okay for a man to cry. Of course. And to elaborate and dig deeper on his feelings yeah and shit like that as it should be and i mean it's it's crazy because like we always talk about it you know in relevance to things such as sports 
So, you know, like today, you know, we kind of flipping in. We just like, we just talking about it in general, like as people, because it's like athletes go through it and you can go see a sports psychologist, you know, like, why are you struggling to make that throw? What is it in your past to struggle to make that throw? And it's just like, well, what the hell makes you get up every day? What's making you tick every day? What's your why? Yeah. Like, why? Why do you? Because it's like, I'm, I'm one of those firm believers that it's like, once you kind of really lose your purpose as a person, it's like, you're kind of just here wandering. And it's like, now you're kind of just waiting for your time to come. Yeah. As opposed to, I got to be here because this is my purpose this is what I'm to fulfill until you know I, st I they throw dirt on me I, my foot my feet go in the box yeah. you know or whatever the case may be sure. so you know with mental health like a lot of people just got to focus on what's what's making you happy and what will make you happy and I think like literally like you know sometimes I'm able to kind of I guess empathize like if as an athlete because you know obviously playing like we're not professional athletes who never made it but yeah. you know you want to win every game so can For you sure. imagine like you know, being a LeBron James and it's like people really want you to fail badly as opposed, you know, to like, you know what, that nigga's a pretty good basketball player and everybody else is kind of like, man, fuck that nigga. And it's like, well, why you don't fuck with Bron? Mainly because you like Bron, so fuck you. As opposed to like, you know what, I don't want to see Bron fail. I just enjoy the open sports dialogues, the open sports debates right, in regards right, to right, LeBron right. and Jordan. Do I really right. want the nigga to fail? No. But I'm right. like, those are the pressures that yeah. those niggas feel daily and I'm just like you know when you look at the niggas scenario at different times like you come from you know Akron or wherever it was in yeah. Ohio and you know you didn't yeah. know your dad single family home and now you become arguably one of the most global well known individuals in the world what a story yeah with a hell of a story story and, bro and it's like you know kudos to you as the black man for being able to maintain your composure through all that because when you fail they're and, waiting and we can't even say a black as a person that too you know what I'm saying? And we speak on black shit because we black. Oh, well, as my fucking deep people say. <laughs> but no, on some serious shit, like, yeah, we speak on black shit because we black. But as a person, not to know your father, the other half of who you are. Yeah. And you grow up and be successful in life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You know, I don't get too deep on this joint, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? At least. Well, the other, the other thing I love is, my father. Yeah, we got some beefs, you know what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, I love my father. You know what I'm saying. But yeah. my mother taught me how to play football. My mother taught me how to play basketball. I played both of them in high school. You know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Up to the high school level, anyway. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying. So like, it was different. You know what I mean. Like it was, you know, other dudes. I see them out there with their dad. Dribbling the ball, you know, going for a perfect jump shot. Nah, my mother taught me how to box out and be Charles Oakley, basically Anthony Mason. See? My mother, you know, she she is tomboy. You know what I'm saying? Like, ball, ball. Yeah, she <laughs> she ain't give me no light shit. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. like, I don't know, man. It's different for everybody. But yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is. Like you know, my my biggest influence. Um, you know, like I always say, like a lot of people kind of tease me a lot of times because they can say I can be extremely even killed or always have a poker face. Yeah. So sometimes it's hard for people to really kind of read what's going on in my head. That's what my therapist said. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because it's like I tell people it's probably one of the biggest things I respect my dad the most for because yeah. it's put me in a position that when bad shit happens, it's like, all right, what can we do to get out of the situation? Because some people, it's like bad shit happens, and the only thing you can focus on is that bad shit happened. And it's just like, all right, it happened. 
Now, what, what can we do? do? Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. And, you know, Dad, like, always preached to me at, like, a young age, like, one day I'm going to die. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about That's it. That's right. I'm not true. coming back. So it's my job as a parent to get you to the point where you're able to sustain without my guidance. Now, while you have me after that, fantastic. But one day I'm not going to be here. So then I got to look at you as a man and say that I do my due diligence yeah. and give you all the education, give you all the tools. And if I did... It'll show. Yeah. And it's like, for me, I was like, you know, that shit is great. Because, like, you know, when he died, like, I was upset. I cried my tears. But I was like, you know what? I got to get up and, and do whatever the next day. I got to wake up the next day. Yeah. And it's like, I'm still going to see the nigga, you know, at the cemetery, talk to him. Yeah. Listen. But I'm like, I was thankful for that. Because you showed me that life is going to go on regardless. Because the same thing's going to happen to me. <laughs> I'm going right, to die right, one right, day. Right. And my daughter needs to know, like, yeah. I'm not going to be here forever. Yeah. So... My job is to make sure that you're prepared when that day comes, that you're still able to, in a week or two, you cry your tears and you move the fuck on. And you're still going to be a woman. And you're still going to be great and I'm still going to love you. Yeah. So I just won't be with you in the flesh anymore. So until I see you again. Best message I could have ever gotten <laughs> from my father. Yeah. And a lot of people, and I laugh because... My dad, lady was that for me. Yeah. So, like, my dad, he had 15 kids. So, like, you know, my dad didn't yeah. believe in pulling out. He didn't believe yeah. in condoms either. Yeah. So, a lot of Even people were like, you. right. So, a lot of people were like, I'm surprised you're like your father. And I'm like, well, dad also was a great example of right. what not to do. <laughs> right, right, right. Right, right, right. <laughs> he was a great example for that. So, I'm like, sometimes people kind of see mentors and teachers as like, oh, he's got a Benz. Oh, he's got a mansion. Like, this is what right. I need. And sometimes you just need somebody to say, this is where I fucked up at. Yeah. So don't fuck up like I like did. Like I did, yeah. This is what got me here. Yeah. Don't fuck up. Yeah. And I'm like, that's sometimes where I'm like, a false picture gets painted because everybody wants to follow the person with million dollar houses and million dollar cars. Right. And it's like, they can give you a blueprint on what worked for them, but it still may not work for you because their story and your story are two different completely stories. Mm -hmm. I can write down every single step I did to become a millionaire and, and it may not, it work, for not work for you. And right. now you're upset about it. So now you're like, right. well, I got to find somebody else to listen to. Yeah. And I'm like, again, that's their story. Right. So you've got to understand what your story is with your mental health. Yeah. What's your happiness? Right. And if you can't identify that, you can't expect no woman as a man to make you happy or vice versa. If you're not happy with yourself, that shit's gonna pull on everybody. Cause you know they say sad motherfuckers. What they say miserable, miserable was it? Uh, miserable people love company. Um, Misery loves company. Misery there you go. And I'm like, I believe in that shit. Yeah. Happy people will continue to surround themselves with happy people and do happy things and live their happy life. Right. Our moment's gonna come, of course. We're, I mean, we're human because we're right. not gonna be perfect. But at the same time, it's like you know, when I'm miserable, it's like fuck. Who can I pull down with me? Right. Oh, you're a bitch too. Now you mad, so now I'm happy. And it's like, that's toxic as fuck. Who wants to Crab like in that? a barrel. Yeah. For all trying to fight to get to the top, and we end up number crawling over top of each other and going right back down to the bottom. Yeah. So, when, like, literally the whole point of this segment was for mental health for those of you listening, focus on what your happy is, focus on what your why is. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to take time for yourself, whatever that time may be. Whether you need an hour to reflect on your life and kind of talk yourself through something. Or if you need to go jogging for an hour, but find out whatever the fuck that is and do it for yourself and do it frequently because the people around you will benefit from it more yeah. than you think. Not only that, speak to somebody. That too. If you got to speak to somebody and talk to somebody, do it. You know what I'm saying? So many of us, um, maybe even include myself, you know what I'm saying? Like we... <clears throat> we try to go on about life like it's just cool, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like shit ain't happen, and you just try to hold everything inside. I'm a hold it inside type person. Mm -hmm. I ain't about to sit here and bullshit you, you know what I'm saying? 
and that shit eat me up. You know what I'm saying? So then, then I'm looking for different avenues when I'm at the boiling point of like, damn, I've didn't hold all this in, and I just I'm frustrated and I want to lash out, and sometimes the wrong people get that lash out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying So before you lash out And you get to that point And like I said I, You know what I'm saying I joked about it But I got a therapist You know what I'm saying like, Yeah you know, And there's nothing wrong with that Yeah There's nothing like, wrong with that Don't be scared to reach out And try to talk to a therapist And and, and, and speak to somebody It don't even have to be a therapist It could be a best friend It could be whatever Somebody you confide in And the other Whoever thing you trust And unfortunately I know Because I know one thing That kind of like is a constant revolving door, especially in the black community. People got to start working on being loyal to each other because this is other, yeah. one of the bigger issues on why people keep things bottled in because it's like I tell Cindy how I feel about a situation thinking I can confide in Cindy and then there comes Shit Frank to, in two days talking yeah. about, bro, I heard you wanted to kill yourself. And it's yeah. like, God damn, I was just talking to Cindy about my feelings now. Everybody yeah. think I'm, I'm trying to jump off the bridge. Like, what yeah. the fuck? So yeah. a lot of it is just, you know, we got to do better community-wise just being loyal. Like, if somebody comes to you with some confidential information, like, respect that because you don't realize how how quick you can save a life by being yeah. confidential and then how quickly you're pushing somebody to jump to the edge, expressing that shit to other people. Because yeah. now you're like, well, fuck, 30 people think I'm going to kill myself. I might as well jump off the fucking ledge because now I'm embarrassed. Because now everybody's like, man, what are your dumb ass going to kill yourself for? What the fuck wrong with you? You got this. You got that. And it's like, but y'all not hearing why I feel this way. Fuck this materialistic shit. I need you to understand these feelings and why I feel the way I feel. Yeah. And then especially like for us and people, and I'm we not trying to drag this shit out too much more. I know you got shit to do, but yeah. For us it's like uh, you know, for people, even myself, you know, I'm training de escalating people down from certain situations. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do in our industry. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you never get taught how to de-escalate yourself. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, um, sometimes you got to look in the mirror and just suck it up and, and, you know what I'm saying, come to reality on, like, yo, I need some fucking help. Yeah. So, man, you know. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with needing help. It's nothing wrong with it. So, you know, coming from me, um, man, if you ever need something, if you're close to me, please hit me. Mm-hmm. If not, please call a hotline or whatever like that. Like, please. You ain't no sucker. You ain't no bitch. You ain't right. no, you know, whatever words we use for, you know, a, a term of not endearment. Right. But of fucking, you know, of whatever. Um, you're not that, man. It's yeah. it's, a, it's a term of reality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The reality's a motherfucker. Especially if you got kids. It don't mean it don't even matter. I mean it matters if you have kids, but cuz if even if you don't have kids, no one still wants to see you lose your life. Right. You, you only get one. You only get one, man. And and you still don't know when you do that of what the lives you hurt around you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Whether it be your mother, your coach, your friends, your whatever. Everybody you leave behind. Yes, man. So please, man, if you if you if you're going through something, please reach out to somebody. Whoever it is you might trust. Thank you, trust. Whatever it might be, man. You know what I'm saying? We ain't even mean to get this deep, but we here now and like I said, we're gonna have a pod coming up soon. It's a whole different pod than this mm-hmm. to where hopefully we hit into a lot of different subjects like this. Yeah. And, and sometimes and you gotta real, be right? you gotta be a little diverse. You gotta be able to switch yeah. up topics and that because yeah. I mean like a lot of people, you know, like I said, we're 
predominantly sports, but I mean mental health affects sports, but yeah. we're just talking about it from the general person's standpoint. And this is... And, um, you know, one of the good things I can say, like, out of a guy, you know, I follow is a, like a Bill Parcells. And one of the biggest things, who's also Thursday on coach football, and one of the biggest things was one of his favorite quotes was the man in the glass. And it was like, sometimes you have to look at that person in the glass and you got to say, did I cheat or did I actually do? Did I try? Did I accept? Was I accountable for the things I did? If you can look at the nigga in the glass, if you can look at the person in the reflection, and you can say, I did my best, then you didn't cheat that person. But if you can look at that motherfucker and lie to that person, you cheated yourself. Because you, at the end of the day, you got to be accountable to that person looking back at you. You can lie to everybody. You can paint a, a picture. You can wear a mask. You can wear a suit in front of everybody. But there's one motherfucker in that, and that's that motherfucker in that image you can't lie to because that yeah. person knows everything you've done <laughs> in your life. Yeah. Whether you've cheated it, whether you've lied, whether you've killed, whether you steal. I can tell you, I'm 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 a virgin to the I'm green in the face. But that person in the mirror know about mm-hmm. those two prostitutes that you was with. Uh, that, that motherfucker know about the old lady that you yeah. robbed in the park. <laughs> like I mean, that, that's 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 the shit. That's the reality of it. I mean, you got to be able to face that motherfucker. If you can face him, then you're preparing yourself to face judgment, whatever that judgment may be for those of you or whatever you yeah. believe in. But you got to face the nigga in the glass first. You do, and then like, you know, uh, everybody that's famous ain't a, ain't a role model. You know what I'm saying? So different situations call for different things. So yeah. in my last situation, you know, with my aunt, you know, he don't know, but with DP, I looked at DP. I I I struggled on him a lot. He don't know that, but you know, if he could deal with his parents going through what he did, you know, my aunt was kind of like my parent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so you know, I on the days I was. Not feeling as well, we'll joke about some shit and go through some shit. Pretty much. And 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, but to see him go through what he went through and it just made me feel stronger and made me feel like, okay, I can get through this. I can deal with this. One day at a time. You know what I'm saying? And and, mm-hmm. and just shit like that, man. So just you know what I'm saying? Just find what you gotta find and you know who has gotta be through, so Man, this 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 uh, mental health shit ain't no joke. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Whether it's uh, physical, mental, all that shit, all that shit is a part of a mental health. Yeah. So man, like this shit is real. Yeah. It's really real. You know what I'm saying? And 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 it doesn't matter if you're broke, poor, whatever. You know what I'm saying? You look at people it like Brandon, face. Brandon Marshall. <laughs> yeah. It don't pull a face. <laughs> Brandon Marshall was a millionaire, and was going through it when he was out there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Why he was a millionaire. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's all it's all relative to everybody, man. So, you know, we're going to kind of end it with this. So with that being said, <laughs> like you said, reach out for help. Yeah. Said, if you're an active listener and you know me, you can always reach out to me. Yeah. I get to you when I can. Yeah. Don't ever be ashamed to needing help. It's not yeah. a sign of weakness because at some point we all need it. There's some people that just get it out the mud. Yeah. But I'm like, at the end of the day, whenever somebody... Stuck their hand on and helped them along the way. Yeah. So, so with that being said, we appreciate you. <laughs> Another episode of Spit Talking. Hey man. One love. <laughs> JP, hey, let them know. Hey man. Like he said, if you need me, holler at me. You know I'm joking shit, but y'all know for those that know me, I'm for real when it gotta be real time. So hey man, we appreciate y'all listening. Like I said, we might branch out to another uh, podcast. 
we still gonna keep this podcast because we love what we do with just each other and just keep building this joint up too. But man, we just want to get out to the people and we love y'all, man. And just thank you for uh, thank you for listening. Peace.